Hey everybody, Randolph Terrence here. Uh, welcome to another edition of The Woke Files with Randolph Terrence. So listen, I just interviewed uh, Jason Weems. Jason Weems is a comedian in the Baltimore area. Uh, he's a really good man. He's a family man. He's a father, husband, great comedian, and he died on stage. And I don't mean died, have a bad, had a bad act. I mean he died literally dead on stage from an asthma attack. And uh, I reached out to him. We're having a benefit for him uh, uh, this coming Wednesday at the D.C. Draft House to raise money for his bills because, as Jason says, he he died and he came back from the dead with $60,000 worth of bills. So I wanted to reach out to him and interview him and talk with him about that and talk with him about everything that was going on with him as well as some of the ways he's dealt with it. And uh, I think it was a really good interview and I think it was really insightful. Jason gives gives us his whole background, tells us about his start in comedy, uh, his life with his wife and his children, uh, and all about the details of his of his demise on the stage as well as his comeback and how he's been dealing with asthma and as well as dealing with the after effects, which I think is really important is that the dealing with the after effects of this whole thing, I think that's the most important part of it, not just the physical after effects, but the mental after effects as well that I don't think anybody ever really thinks about. Also, this is a window into what the healthcare system really looks like in America and how shoddy it truly is. Uh, so go ahead and sit back and give this a listen. And here we go with Jason Weems. Looks What's like, up, brother? Hey, there he is, Jason Weems. How y'all doing? How are you doing, man? It's just me. It's just brother. me and you. I got a. Uh, we have a new okay. series that we do on the podcast now called uh, Randolph Terrence Woke Files. Okay. <laughs> the Woke Files, and, uh, <laughs> which was bestowed upon me by somebody else. Uh, right. We're behind a Patreon wall now, and we wanted to give people some extra content, so I like interviewing people. Okay. So we got some info, we yeah. got some equipment where I can just interview people when I want to talk to them for a little bit of a little bit of time. Although this one's not going behind the paywall, we're going to put this one out. We're okay. Put this out as a standalone episode so people can hear all about just what's up with you, boy. <laughs> I'm just here, man. Just put all these little, put all these little boys to bed yeah. over here. Just got the last, got the last one down like two minutes ago. Because yeah, I haven't got a chance to talk to you since everything went down. We've talked written, but we haven't got a chance to talk face to face. Right. Since yeah, man. Since everything had happened, man, you put a scare into us, brother. First of all, let the people, people know. If everybody don't know, I'm talking to Mr. Jason Weems, Baltimore comedian. Uh, comedian extraordinaire, another one of my beige brothers. I think we're about the same complexion. I think, I think we're both beige. Just about, yeah. I think we're both beige. I think so. You're a little, a little more beigey than me, but I think I think we're about the. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're about the same beige. Uh, Jason's a, Jason is a great guy, and that's why I got you on the podcast. Tell the people. Not let's not get into that first. Give them a little bit of your background, though, before we get things. To okay. Jason Weems' origin story, if you will. Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Baltimore City. Uh, started comedy uh, a few years after college. And uh, it was just one of these things that you know, I always had the passion for, but I didn't know how to get into it. So it was one of these things, you know, in Baltimore at the time, uh, you know, it wasn't a huge scene. You know, it wasn't any clear direction on, you know, how to get on stage. Um, so I kind of like spun my wheels with it for a while, started teaching. 
but in the midst of teaching, I still had this passion of getting on stage. Um, finally found his website, dcstandup.com, and just emailed everybody on there. Finally, somebody gave me three minutes of stage time. Drove over to Virginia, got on stage, and it wasn't good. It wasn't good in any any uh, sense of the word, but, you know, it gave me enough confidence to, you know, keep getting up. Um, and that night, I actually met a lot of the people who I, you know, hold dear now and, you know, people who've gone on to do great things. And I met, I met uh, one of uh, three guys on, and I met Tim Miller that night, the first night I got up. Yeah, he tells us. And, he, uh, his first, he was at your first show. I think that might have been his first show, too. Okay. It was something really close to that. Yeah. It was like y'all y'all kind of started around the same time. Was that at Wiseacres? Uh, I was at uh, Casey Wade used to have a room at uh, Clarendon Grill, Clarendon Bar and Grill. I remember. Okay, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Because um, I met you at yeah, but yeah. Okay. You and Mike Way were hanging together, pretty tough. Right, right. Tim, I think I just met Tim too. <laughs> okay. Tim was one of them just kind of was just kind of hanging around for a while. That's what Tim was doing. Uh-huh. He, and then. Uh, I remember you coming in and you doing well immediately. Just, I'm sorry again. I said, I remember you coming in and you doing well immediately. Just, okay. Just really doing well, uh, right right out the gate. Uh, you didn't have like was, a, you didn't have like a lull period or anything like that. Now you were really doing well. I distinctly remember that you doing re- well right out the right out the gate. You, Aaron, um. Who was else around that time? All y'all kind of uh, Dewan, who has now okay. moved out to L.A. and gone on to gone on to be in movies, well, not in movies, in uh-huh. television. Right. You know, I remember that. Yeah, and then you just kind of you started building from there. Yeah, so that was it. I mean, uh, that was '06 when I started. September 27th of '06 was the first time I got on stage, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just been a steady progression since then, man. So. You know how it is, you know, it's club work and, you know, transition to colleges and, you know, do some private events here and there. Yeah, um, you got got Montreal uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, you had good. Fairly quickly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I was like three years in. That's what I think. It seemed like it was was fairly quick that you got Montreal, which is, I mean, quick is all relative. You know what I mean? Right. In the, in the game of comedy, but you, you, somebody else saw that you had a, you had a unique point of view. Let's say it like that. You got into some shit or pretty early. I remember that. I got into some shit pretty early. <laughs> with that, with that that was, DJ it was, girl. It was probably it was probably about the same time. So it was it was literally the same. So like the summer of 2010 was like a lot of stuff lined up. So I got Montreal. Right. Uh, I got on Last Comic Standing. Yeah. And all that stuff was kind of like airing. So last time I was kind of airing on TV while I was in Canada. So it was like a lot of buzz that was building. And uh, you know, three years in, you know, at that point, you don't know shit. You know, you you know you uh, you know a few comics. You know, you know the people in your scene. Um, but my, I had a joke about Magic Johnson talking about Michael Jackson right. uh, at his funeral. At his funeral, and. It was one of the jokes I did on Last Comic Stand, and it was probably one of my best jokes at the time. And I told it, and people went crazy. The judges loved it on the show. So when it aired, I started getting all this love. Like, you know, I'm not sure if Twitter was around then, whatever social media, it might have been Facebook. I just started getting like all these alerts, and people were like, oh, that shit was dope. That was great. And then I got this message from somebody like, hey, man, I just want to let you know there's a comic down in Florida doing your material. Yeah. 
And if, if that happened to me now, I would just be like, okay, thanks, and just and keep you, it moving. You took that shit to heart. <laughs> <laughs> I took it all the way to heart. So I, I, I remember because I, I wanted like, I wanted to pull you aside and I was like I don't know Jason like that to pull him aside I want to be like listen man, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, always said, work like that <laughs> yeah I sent a scathing a scathing Facebook message um, yeah and then it just went it it, it went I just kind of like spiraled out of control from there and then it turns like this fake internet news story where they were saying like I stole the material right this whole bunch just this whole bunch of mess. Um, yeah, that was one of those things, those pitfalls that you kind of run into early on when you know, you know, you don't really know about parallel thinking yeah, or you don't, you don't think about. about basically you don't know shit about shit. And yeah, you're so absolutely. proud of you're so proud of your material that you're like no one else could have thought of this. No one, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one saw Magic Johnson talk about Michael Jackson. Right. <laughs> no um, one would think of this. Shit. Both, right, right. So <laughs> uh, one of the things you learn from it, you know, at the moment. You know, it stung like hell because it, it literally like sucked some of the joy out of that, you know, kind of magical summer. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you move on from it and then, you know, you learn how to make jokes from the bad things. And, you know, you kind of find some of the best humor in that stuff. Well, you had that um, great you had that great joke afterward about having your your inner African came out. Right. With a spear. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just put that spear in this woman. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was literally how I I closed my first hour specials with that with that joke about this whole scenario of this thing unfolding. Um, See, so yeah, I learned from it. Um, if I you know had to, if I could go back in time, I would you know avoid it. Um, yeah, let's hope. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know, hey, when you th- when you three years in and, yeah. and you about to be on TV, uh, it's no telling what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So things was happening for you, and then uh, I know you quit your job. You quit my job. And was just doing stand-up. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing stand-up full-time for, uh, I guess, maybe close to three years now. I yeah, for those who I don't do nothing, know, nothing else. Yeah, for those who don't know, you're married, and you have uh, three children, three boys. Three, yeah, three little boys. and uh, You got an older boy I mean, that's and one two of the, young twins. Two twin, two twin boys. Yeah, yeah. close down so, the shop, right? You close the shop up, right? Right. You know, yeah, the fountains definitely cut all the way off. Yeah, right? I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After it's, them it's twins like a like, orphanage over here. I'd be like, no, nah, this ain't am to no more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, I can't even imagine yeah. your face when you found out. Well, right. there's one heartbeat, and there's another one. <laughs> yeah, it was a shock, man. Oh, like I've got, I've got material about it where you know. We literally went down to the doctor's office, and you know we're we're happy. You know we want my you know older son to have somebody to grow up with, and you know we get in there, and you know he put the gel on the stomach and start moving the wand around. Then the doctor, she literally got quiet, and she was like, uh, "Do you see what I see?" And I was like, "I was like, it depends on what you see." And she was like, "She's like, there's two of them." I'm like, "What? Arms, legs?" And she told Hits. me it was two hearts. Yeah, <laughs> on one body. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. She said it was two uh two babies and literally thing like changed really in the moment. So like yeah. at the time we were in a semi detached row house, um, like the end of group or whatever. And it was it was definitely enough space if we had one more kid, but definitely not enough for three. So like literally we had to in the course of that nine month pregnancy we had to sell a house, uh, get rid of two cars, buy two more, 
Um, so it was like just like this influx of money, or not outflux, I guess. It was just yeah. everything was just gone. Uh, so it, it literally it shifted everything. Uh, and in that time, so you really, were thinking about you were thinking about going to start do stand up full time, or you had you already begun doing stand up full time? I was thinking about it, but then that happened. And I was like, I can't dip. Like I, I like the, the security of the, the teaching job, and like the benefits were underneath me at the time. So my wife was on my benefits, the kids were on my benefits. And working for the school system, you know, it was a pretty good benefit package um, in regards to healthcare, at least. Mm-hmm. So I was going to be hold this at least until the twins are born, at least until they, you know, build up an immune system or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe I can make my exit <laughs> exit after that. And because uh, your wife yeah, wasn't so, working, right? Uh, she was working um, towards the end of the pregnancy. She was on bed rest and she was home. Um. But yeah, she was working uh, the entire time. Uh, but then born and probably they were born in 2013. So I, my job probably they were about one and a half. I left, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean this now is feast of famine. So like anybody that's an artist knows, I mean you got months where right, you right. make enough money, you make so much money, you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm the king of the world. That's just gonna last forever. Right. And then you, make, you get another month where you make two fifty, yeah, like for I the know. whole month. Yeah, um, so it's, just, it's one of them things where, like, you know, I've just literally had to learn. I've never been like a person that like just blows money on stupid stuff, but yeah. it put me in a mindset of really learning how to pace the money. And I still treat every check like it's a like a two week pay period. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, yes. it, it works out in, in that regard. And is your wife um, full time now too? Yeah, my wife works full time, so yeah, okay. she, uh, you know, the benefits kind of sh- they shifted to her job and everything else. So, I mean, it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She was actually one of the main ones that was kind of pushing me, like, "Hey, like, go do it." Like, yeah. so I, I've been blessed in that regard. You know, have somebody that like sees my vision and understands it and knows the sacrifice that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So this whole time you've been dealing with uh, this. I never knew about you that you've been dealing with hardcore asthma, and not right. that, and not that little here, boy, boy, suck on this puffer. Not that kind of asthma. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but if you don't get your wheezy yeah, ass out of here and take this puffer, <laughs> <somewhere, laughs> right, right. Not that kind of asthma. Water and sit your ass down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you if you stop jumping around so damn much, not that kind of. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know you got yeah. asthma. Sit down. Stop all that right, damn right. dancing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah now, you was, had like the I've real had, like I should carry epipens around asthma. Yeah, I've had it pretty bad my entire life. So, uh, does anybody else need diagnosed? Uh, my, my my aunt does. My mom's sister. Okay. Um, she had it pretty severely early on in life, but then like kind of teenage years she kind of grew out of it yeah um but me uh yeah i got diagnosed pretty much pretty much close, pretty close after birth um was diagnosed with it i missed a lot of time like of school childhood growing up you know i'll have a bad attack and i'll be out mm-hmm. of school for like two months and like the teachers would be bringing the work to the hospital and stuff like that yeah um so oh, they put you in an air uh, tent in the hospital you know that boat. little, yeah, like the little tent around the bed, that thing. You know right. what I mean? They put you in that. Um, no, that's more so for like infectious diseases. Okay, okay. Um, I thought they pump like, put just put the tubes up your nose and just pump air into you. Right. So yeah, stuff like that. 
like constant breathing treatments. I would like have like a mask on all the time. And, okay. Uh, just different stuff. Um, but yeah, childhood into like high school, you know, I was kind of fighting. You know, I would typically have like a, a an attack or two per year. Um, then like college did years, it stop I, you from I, did it stop you from doing stuff in high school like sports out swimming out um kind of to, to a certain degree um when I still played sports I played you know basketball in high school I played football I played football for like a half of a season I was real little I'm not I'm not the biggest dude now yeah um, but I, I was real little I was probably like ninety five pounds when I started high school yeah. but I was fast as shit like. If I caught the ball and like I got a step on you, it was nobody was going to catch me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm playing ball and we were uh, scrimmaging. So uh, we're playing. I catch the ball and I don't know if anybody's ever, you, you ever seen the movie The Program with yeah. Omar Epps? Yeah, yeah. It was like that. Like yeah, yeah. I caught it and like I can see like the whole field and like a dude like comes at me and I kind of like jump over him. I shake another guy. I start heading towards the sideline, and I think I'm clear. And I'm I turn like to look over my left shoulder to make sure nobody's behind me. And I don't know where this dude came from. Some big motherfucker came and hit me so hard, like I literally slid off the field and went <laughs> under a. <laughs> I went under a bench, and my shoes came off. <laughs> uh, so that was the end of my football career. <laughs> and that's why I, I never I played. Li- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why. I think I, I think I literally got up and just walked off the field at that point. Like I never looked back. But uh, I killed one of them hits <laughs> with the with the incredible Hulk music playing. The equipment ding, on, ding, I, I, got, I got on the bus with equipment on. Just went on <laughs> with the incredible Hulk music playing in the background. It was just like in my heart, I felt like I'd already scored the touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt like okay, yeah. ain't nobody near me. You know, I, I can kind of slow down a little bit. I don't got to you know blast it out. And I don't know where this dude came from, and he hit me. I mean, I literally, I felt like I slid probably like thirty feet. Yeah, that shit, like, that shit knocked you into good grades. <laughs> <laughs> Better go focus oh, on this school. Bam. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You brother, ain't gonna make it to the league. <laughs> brother, yeah. did you a favor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So you've been dealing so, yeah, with it all this whole time, though. The whole time. But then, like, college years, I didn't have an attack for, I feel like, most of college. I mean, every once in a while, you know, you get that, you know, a little tightness in your chest. You pop, you know, puff the inhaler, and then you're okay. Um, so it was mainly like that. So I think I kind of started, you know, kind of believing that I'd either outgrown it or or whatever. Where'd you um, go to school at? College. I went to uh, Morgan State. You went to Morgan State. Well, HBCU. Yeah. HBCU. Um, so, yeah, shout out to all the black people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God knows we yeah, got one thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, then I got out of school and, you know, I started working. Still, you know, like, most of my 20s, I didn't have a whole lot of problems. Yeah. Um, but then maybe did you, get out of, did you get out of school and go right into teaching? Is that what you went to school for? Yeah, or well, not 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 right in. So I got out. Cause I initially, I didn't want to go to college initially. Initially, I wanted to leave high school, figure out a way to start telling jokes. So you were already thinking about it. You were already thinking about it at that point. And I was thinking about it. I just had to get into it. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, but I, I was like, I'm gonna barber's license, cut hair, and, like like that was the hustle. That's that's what I had in my head. Parents like you know, go to college, you know, it's gonna give you something to fall back on. They kind of push you know the the whole college thing. So I went, which I'm happy I did. Um, but uh, once I got into school, I was heavily in, involved in like you know student government, and I was like the class king of all the different classes. So I was like Mr. Freshman, Mr. Sophomore, Mr. Junior. I was Mr. Morgan. Yeah. Um, before I graduated, so I was like, kind of like tied with all that. So my focus wasn't as heavy, um, and I didn't know how to get into you know stand up. But I was using different outlets on campus as ways to tell jokes, mm-hmm. but not be introduced as a comedian. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like hosting talent hosting shows. The shows. I was, I was about to say hosting yeah. talent show. Yeah. But they would introduce me, like, here's Mr. Junior from the junior class, and I come out, and people would clap, and I would, like, just talk talk shit. And people would laugh, but they weren't expecting me to make them laugh. Yeah. Um, so I never felt like it was really stand-up um, compared to, like, you know, being introduced, and, like, they got their arms folded waiting on you. Right, right. Um, so then I got out of school, and, yeah, a couple of years after I got out of school, I was kind of, I was... I got comfortable with the teaching money. I had the benefits. Um, and I kind of, I, w- I kind of started to fall into that trap of like, I'm not sure if I'm actually ever going to do this. Um, I was taught, I was talking about it, but I wasn't actually, you know, really trying to execute. So, um, I'd be at the mall and all during college, I would be telling people, it's man, as soon as I graduate, man, I'm going to be telling jokes. I'm going to be doing stand up. You just wait and see. <laughs> like all I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show all of you. <laughs> um, so I graduated and yeah, I didn't do any stand up for like four years. So I, but I was, I was like bumping the people I went to school with. And they'd, oh man, Jason, what's up, man? I ain't seen you in a while. Man, you doing comedy? And I would just flat out lie to them. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been doing do a stand-up for about, about a couple years now. And, like, I'll be with, like, my homeboy who knows I'm lying. He's, like, just looking at me. Yeah, yeah you um, should have had an asthma attack right there. Right then, yeah. Um, that would have been God striking point. you. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, now she's my wife, but she's my girl at the time. Uh, you know, she was with me. We've been, we've been together for a long time. But she was one of the ones who was, like, you know, kind of pushing me, like, look, you got to go do this. Like you, I know you talk about it. You're constantly watching comedy specials, um, but and here's the thing: like even before I started stand up, I was always writing jokes or mm-hmm. what yeah. I thought was jokes. So I always had like a post-it pad in my pocket. I'd be writing stuff on napkins and gas station receipts. Uh, you know, typing stuff on my phone. So I was, I literally had before I even started stand up. I had literally it was like drug stuff. I had like like Nike boxes full of jokes like lined up underneath my bed yeah I kind of Um, I kind of had that same thing that same feeling right Um, but I wasn't doing anything with it so it was like uh, just just piling up and then I would get new ideas and they would pile up um, and then I would go back and look at me that it wouldn't be funny anymore I would I would have lost like emotional connection to it um, so I didn't know how to really deliver it anymore where I was when I thought of it um but uh, she was like, look, you got to do this. So and I kind of felt like she was losing respect for me, like, as a man. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm talking this shit about, you know, doing this, but I'm not, you know, acting with it. So that kind of was actually what kind of pushed me literally out the door into it. And, 
you know, got on stage and, you know, that's the night I met Tim and everybody else and Seton Smith. I met Seton that night and Kojo Monte. And, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, uh, Yana Duke was there that night, Aparna and Sherla. Um, you know, and it wasn't a good set, but it was enough to, you know, I met a few people and they was like, oh, you know, come to this, come to this other room on Tuesday or whatever. And, you know, it kind of snowballed from there. Um, enough to but keep- yeah, I didn't have... Oh, yeah, it was enough to keep you going and to keep you in the game. Yeah, yeah enough to keep me going. Um, but yeah, but like to b- bounce back to the asthma thing. Yeah, yeah. Like and I even did, at I that did, time, you still have... hadn't had a you still hadn't dealt with it at that point. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. No really crazy attacks. Yeah. Um, but literally in the last, so this is 2017. Like the last three to four years, I've started having like that one bad attack per year episode thing again. Like I used to have a childhood. Okay. And I'm and I'm not sure, you know, what brought it on. Um, so uh, I guess we'll play. I guess 2014 probably. I had a a pretty bad one. I, you know, I wouldn't say pretty bad. It was it was bad. I was you know, it was literally chilling in the house. With my wife was sitting there watching TV. You know, all the boys are upstairs sleep. The twins are like you know maybe eight months or something like that. Um, you know, oldest is two. So we're sitting watching TV relaxing and, you know, felt like a little tight into my chest, you know, a little cough, you know, puffed the inhaler, didn't really get better. Told my wife, I'm going to step outside of the deck for a second to get some fresh air. You know, I go out there and sit down, you know, it continues to get worse. And then at that point, like I'm starting to freak out, like it's starting to get, you know, tighter and tighter. What does it um, feel like? Uh, it feels like... uh it's almost like breathing through a straw mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, you know, through your, the, the, like the, the full opening of your mouth. Right. So you're like breathing through it. So imagine like going from the breathing through your mouth, then going to like a, like a straw, but then like the straw, like maybe just like one of them thick ass strawberries and like a milkshake gets stuck in it. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it just continues to get like constrict and constrict and constrict. To the point where, like, your your breaths are so shallow that it's almost just like a, like a, I can't even, I don't know if you can hear it over the phone. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like nothing, like nothing. Like, just going. that little, yeah. Um, how did you get, so how yeah, did you clear a, that one? Did you go to the doctor? So that one was, that one was crazy. So the kids are upstairs. It was literally by the grace of God. At that time, my wife and I, we had got a, a night nurse that we had hired. She was coming over, like, three nights a week. And in order for us to get some sleep, so we wouldn't be getting up with the kids, because um, the twins were just off the hook. So she was there that night. So we were able to, my wife literally put me into the car and like just hauled ass and just drove me to the hospital. Because mm-hmm. um, she didn't think the ambulance was going to make it the end time. So we get there. She like just pulls into the parking lot, runs into the ER to get somebody. I try to get out of the driver, uh, the passenger side and... uh I literally black out in the parking lot. So yeah. um, I wake up and, uh, you know, they got IVs in me and stuff. Um, but I'm able to talk and there's no breathing tubes or anything. Um, but uh, people think it was just a, a loss of oxygen, um, which, you know, caused me to black out. But like that, I'm, I remember they, I remember that driving to the uh, the hospital that night and I'm driving my wife and hospital's probably like five minutes away um, from the house or whatever. And we get there, and I'm probably about two minutes into the car or driving. And I remember there was this one point in the ride when 
like my breath had got so shallow that I don't know, you just kind of get to a place of it, it, it felt like it was like a place of surrender. Yeah, yeah. I, I was um, just about to say that when you reach that point where you're like, all right, well, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking these like these slow breaths, and I start thinking about my boys. I'm looking at my wife, but like everything's kind of moving slow motion. Um, I can like I can hear like my heart inside my ears, something real loud. Um, everything like the trees that were passing, like it's just pitch black outside, but like the trees will be riding past, look weird. And I'm just taking these slow breaths. I'm just kind of like, all right, this is it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't even like really like scary, freaking out. It was just like, all right, resignation. Um, like, well, this is, yeah. yeah, it's a good run. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, I made it past that one, and then so that was, was another that, one. Oh, so you had another one after that one. I had another one after that one at the house again. Um, so then we started thinking like, is there something in the house that I'm allergic to or what? Yeah. But I had another. Attack. Did you have to go back to the hospital um, again after the, the one of the hospitals? Went back to the hospital. Yeah, went back to the hospital for that second one again. I imagine and, y'all uh, went as soon as the shit started, toot sweet, out the door. <laughs> right. So my, my, that time they, we called the ambulance. The ambulance mm-hmm. came and loaded me in and took me to the hospital. And I was there for like a night or so. Um, then 2016, September of 20, I guess the first one was probably 2014. I had one 2015. September of 2016, I'd gone out to L.A. for a week to do some shows and I had some meetings to pitch some ideas and stuff. And I get out there on a Sunday. The first night, I got a show that Sunday night. Um, I go I go up and I'm kind of like the odd guy out. So it's like a bunch of L.A. comics and it's this guy they don't know. Yeah, been... So everybody, you know, it's that clickish thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they introduce me. I go up and I rip. And... I get off stage, then it's one of these things where then people talk to you. Um, so I'm sitting at the bar, and people are like, oh, man, you're really funny, man. You know, where are you from? You know, if, if you're in town, you know, next week, you know, come do this show. I'm like, cool. And, you know, I'm getting numbers in my phone and stuff. I'm sitting at the bar, and then I start feeling tightness in my chest. I'm like, oh, shit. So I go out to the, to the rental car, and I always carry a, a travel nebulizer with me. Right. And I start, taking the, I start taking the medicine, and it continues to get worse. And so I'm like, fuck. So I don't know where I'm at. I'm in some, you know, little suburb of L.A. or whatever. Um, I don't even know, like, where the closest hospital is, you know, anything. So I'm sitting in this rental car. So I just get on my uh, on my maps and on the, on the iPhone and just typed in hospital. And it said it was, like, 15 minutes away. So I literally started hauling ass on, like, the 15 or whatever highway I was on um, and uh, get to this place. Veer in like this crazy ass, you know, park. I'm like halfway into the lines, run inside, and uh, like I literally, I'm, at this point, I'm just like, just again, that's that slow gas. And I can't right. even talk. Right. You know, it, it takes too much energy to speak. And the people are trying to get my to get me to give their insurance information. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to well, like, you know, I can't the, talk. the important shit. <laughs> yeah, important. yeah. Like, Listen, yeah, we know you can't thing. breathe, but uh, <laughs> you got a card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that gives you a, a good glimpse of what the healthcare system is. Yeah, yeah. The important um, shit out. Just, we got to clean this right. paperwork up first <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> before anything happens here. <laughs> so, I could tell I wasn't going to get anywhere with the people at the desk. So, I literally just, I just forced my way into the back of the ER. I just pushed the doors open. Um, so, then security came running back and tried to grab me. And, uh, 
luckily a nurse was kind of like by like the, I guess the nurse's station and saw me and could see how much distress that I was in. So she like grabs me and sits me down, like gives me a shot of epi, um, and then they start working on me. Um, and then again, those that was one of those attacks that I didn't know if I was going to make it. I'm scared to tell like my family's on the other side of the country. Right. Um, you know, it's this this um, this my first night <laughs> of this whole week that I'm supposed to be out here. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking about like you know, okay, I'm gonna miss all these meetings, I'm gonna miss the shows. <laughs> Again, I'm miss, important like, shit. All, <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, important shit. Um, <laughs> so I've got a, a picture of the, my family. It's my screensavers. I'm sitting there. They're like they're working on me, you know, putting IVs in and doing blood and doing all type of stuff. And I'm sitting there like just holding my phone, like staring at this picture of my family, like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, luckily, they were able to you know get me to a point where I kind of leveled out. Um, but then that whole week I was just like shook. I was scared to leave the hotel room. I was scared every time I got on stage, I was like, I'm having another attack. Um, I called back home and got my doctor to send some medicine to a, a pharmacy out there and I picked that up and I, I bought a new nebulizer from Amazon and had that delivered to the hotel. And I'm like just sitting in the hotel, like just doing breathing treatments all day. Um, so now, yeah, is that the first, you know, is that the first time that asthma, asthma kind of, um, held you hostage. Um, yeah, that LA trip was probably yeah the first time it had, it had really got into my head, and I was I was kind of scared about it. Yeah, um, it had you hostage. Where... It had you hostage in, the, in your hotel. So yeah, all I'm saying now, you think that that was because just because, like you said, the distance, you're in an unfamiliar place, unfamiliar people, mm-hmm. you had an attack already. Yeah. So, I mean, well, listen, most people would have just folded up and came right back home. Right. Fuck that, I'm going home. At least you stayed and got to your shows. Which, I mean, because comics comics are deranged anyway. That's the kind of shit we'll do. (laughs) Right. I ain't going to miss these shows. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I'll sit in this hotel all night. I ain't going to miss these shows. And that's literally what it was, man. It was, you know... Uh, it was a trip that I had kind of been lining up for a while. You know, I got like a, to an out of town dude, I had a lot of sweet spots. Like I got all of, all the rooms that even LA comics are fighting to get on. Right. Like, so I was like, you know, it's going to, it'll be disrespectful to go back home. Right. Um, right. Even though you could die. So, <laughs> you <know>. Right. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect no comedians, no rooms. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> let me go do this. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was 2016's attack, and then 2017's attack is the one that brought us to this benefit show. Yeah, so this is the one right here. This was the one. I mean, it seemed like it was building to this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just seems yeah. like it. It's like this, like, part two, part three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this, yeah, this, this last one was, it was great, because the girl who... Who books the show that I died on up in Philly? Whose show I was it? Met her because I saw uh, I saw Michelle Balloon's name. Was it hers? Yeah, yeah, Michelle's show. Yeah. Okay, I know Michelle from Austin. Okay, we were in Austin together. Uh, at the uh, when I saw you said put her name, I was like, that's right, she is living there. Right. Uh, I met I met her um, at a UCB show out in LA right. during that week when I when I had that attack. Um. And uh, we're sitting there, we're talking. I'm telling her about my kids. She told me about her little girl. Yeah, she's a little girl. We, we, 
we just rapping on parent shit, and I was like, I'm in B-more. So I live in Philly now. So I was exchanging information. She goes, I got this monthly show. And I would love for, you, love for you to come up and do it. I'm like, of course. So that was like September of 2016. She might have hit me maybe, maybe January the following year, 2017. And she's like, you know, hey, let's line up a date. So we kept missing each other. Like, okay, I got something that day. I'm booked, whatever. So we finally locked in on May 3rd. Like, okay, cool. So... I drive up that evening, um, I think it was a Wednesday or something like that. Uh, everything was perfect. Like, I got the kids home, everybody ate their dinner, nobody wasn't fussing. My wife got home at the time, she said she would be so I could get out the door. You know, I get in the car, you know, it's literally no traffic on 95, get up the city real easy. Uh, the show was like in a real congested part of the city. I found a spot literally right in front of the venue. Like, I couldn't be happier. Like, I, I walk inside. <laughs> it's probably one of, one of the happiest times I've ever been. Like, I'm, I, I feel no stress. Walked in like the whispers walk- in that video with that, that Keep On Loving Me video. <laughs> walked in That's like exactly that. how I walked in. Um, I go in there, and I, I see a few people that I know, some comics that I didn't know was on the show. So we chopping it up. I'm sitting in the back. Uh, you know, the show's going on. It's a pretty good energy in the room. Uh... So then Michelle comes back to me and she's like, okay, you know, I'm closing the show up. She's like, you know, you're going on like, you know, 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. She gave me some drink tickets. I went over to the bar, got a little glass of wine. I'm sitting there thinking I'm sexy in the back of the, back of the club, sipping on this wine. And then uh, she's like, okay, you're going up. So I go up on stage and anybody that's seen me perform before, a lot of it's real organic. You know, I'm kind of riffing, kind of talking about, you know, whatever's happening in the room, you know, whatever just kind of is on my mind in that exact second. So I go up on stage, I'm just talking shit, and the crowd is fucking loving it. Like, uh, I mean, the night up until that point, you know, nobody bombed. Everybody had, you know, good sets, but it wasn't any, nobody had one of those sets where it's just like, you know, you feel like like the room is shaking. Um, So I go up, and I'm just talking mad shit, and motherfuckers is going crazy, like, I could do it. Anytime you know, in a black club, it's not it's it's not uh, too foreign to see like somebody stand up and run like run around in a circle, right? Or <laughs> like that. But I saw a white guy stand up and run away. So I was like, oh, I'm doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm winning tonight. I'm winning. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing this. And I said something, and like the the laugh was so big that I literally had to just stop and just stand there. I couldn't say anything. Like if I if I if I said anything, he wouldn't even wouldn't have even heard it. Um, it was just so it was such a big laugh. And I'm standing, there and I'm feeling. I'm like, okay, I I felt like it was gonna be one of those nights where, like, when Michael Jordan talks about, like, you know, like the basket felt ten feet wide, right, right, and like, and everything you throw up is gonna go in. Um, so I was like, oh shit, I had like all these new jokes in my head. Oh, I'm gonna kill. It's gonna be a great night to try this stuff out. And as I'm standing in that in that silence, waiting for these people to stop laughing. I feel that tightness in my chest again. I'm like, by, oh shit. By now you know what that feeling feels like. The attack. I know what that feeling is, yeah. Um Because you don't normally so, have any other type of asthma thing feel come on, like a creeping thing or anything like that. It's always this. Yeah, typically yeah, typically it's always this. And it, and it, it's it's weird. I've gotten to the point now where I've had enough attacks and different types of attacks that I can typically tell if this is going to be one that I can 
trail off with an inhaler puff? Is this gonna be one where I need to take a nebulizer, mm. or is this one that's gonna like one's gonna put me in my ass? Yeah. Um. So, and this one felt like it was probably somewhere in between nebulizer and on my ass. Right. So, I'm sitting there like looking at these people laugh, and I literally felt like the room was closing in on me, like. Like, I see all these people, you know, celebrating and enjoying themselves and laughing. But to me, like, it felt like the walls were kind of getting smaller and smaller. And I pulled my inhaler out and I puffed it twice, thinking I was going to do something. And I think the crowd must have thought, like, I was doing it for a laugh or yeah. what. But like, they, they, they started laughing even more. Right. So then at that point, like, it made it felt like, like I was, like, shrinking even more. Like, it's, like to start to feel this distress in your body. But like to have people not knowing what you're feeling. What's and, what's like, your you know, what's your time window? You think from the time this begins to to when you're down. Typically, what's your what's your window? Do you think? Um, because you're losing energy on the way because you're losing oxygen. Right, so. right. I mean, a matter. It's literally a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um, but this this last attack was the, the the most aggressive one that I've ever had. Like it was. Uh, I would say from the time that I felt it in my chest, because um, I think when I was on stage and I'm looking at the crowd, it felt a lot longer than it actually was. Right. And it, it was probably maybe 10 seconds, but it felt like a minute. And I'm sitting in a washroom, and then I tried to, you know, I, had, I was supposed to be 45 that night. I was about to go into my next start. I was still trying to soldier through. I was like, I'm still going to push through this. Um, tried to go into my again, next start. Goddamn comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This crowd is hot. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, tried to go into my next thought, and I, it's, it's, as I tried to say whatever I was going to say, like the words were weren't even coming. I didn't have enough air to push out the words. So, um, in the ten years I've been doing stand up, I've never walked off stage. Like even if I'm if I'm bombing horribly, if I mean there was a time that I was at a show at the Comedy Factory. And I went up there, and I was just talking shit. But I guess the people wanted, like, you know, it, a lot of times when it's a black crowd, they want it quick, quick and fast. Right. They don't want you to be up there having a leisurely time. Um, I'm up there talking. I was supposed to be like 25 that night. It was me, and I was featuring for Lil Rel. And uh, this chick, this dude in the back, I'm, I'm there talking. This dude in the back screams, "Come on with the jokes, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> God, I love us. <laughs> and, yeah. And it was literally one of these things that was so jarring. It was just like, okay, this one, this gentleman really wants to hear his jokes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was maybe like three minutes in, but like when he said that, like it just threw the energy off. Um, me and him got into like a little banter back and forth. Some of it was funny, some of it wasn't. Um, but by the time you know I got out of that, it was real hard to like start doing a set. Um. So, you know, I got, but I muscled through it, you know, said goodnight. Um, but I say that to, you know, say, you know, I've, I've never walked off stage, even right. in times right. where, I, you know, I could have. Um, but in this moment up here in Philly, man, it was one of these things where I was like, I, I can't do it. So I, I, I had the mic, I said, you know, goodnight, you know, and put the mic down. And Michelle's in the back of the room, like she's looking, the crowd's looking crazy. She runs up past me, grabs the mic, you know, okay, uh, Jason Williams. And she don't know what's going on. Um, I go outside <clears throat> and uh, trying to get some fresh air, thinking that's going to do something. 
and nothing continues to get worse, and it's just happening so fast. Um, so at this point, I'm literally like hardly any air getting into my lungs. I remember, and at this point, this is when things started getting fuzzy for me. I remember a guy who, I guess one of the wait staff came up and stood next to me, said, uh, I'm going to stay with you. And then, uh, I don't remember a woman, a, a woman's voice saying, I'm a doctor. And then she said something about like, you know, what medication are you taking? What did you take today? And I literally couldn't answer any of her questions. Um, then I kind of remember being taken back into the venue. Um, and I remember like a bunch of people being around me. And then after that, I remember nothing. Um, so <clears throat> I wake up in this hospital in Philly, maybe thinking probably maybe like, uh, like 10, 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a respirator. I'm on a respirator. Mm-hmm. I'm in hand restraints. Um, you must have tried to punch together. somebody. Yeah. Um, so apparently, and I, I remember like little glimpses of stuff. Like I remember waking up during like the CT scan and I remember freaking out because I had this tube in my throat and I couldn't breathe. I'm gagging. You tried to pull it And out. I went to, I went to reach for the tube. Yeah. That's why, that's why they were stranger, um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, and then I remember like, uh, you know, gagging, trying to cough this, this tube out of my mouth as they're holding my hands down and like throwing up blood. Then I remember going black again. And then I woke up again. I can vaguely remember like seeing like some nurses and stuff walking past the room. But at this point, like I'm so disoriented. I had no idea like one, where I was, how I got there. Uh, I'm like questioning like my own recollection. I'm like, you know, was I at a comedy show? Like did, did something happen? Like, I don't know what's real anymore. Like it, it felt like a very, uh, the best way I can describe it's like almost like a get out moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess it felt like the sunken place. Like I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't move my hands. Couldn't move my hands. I couldn't talk. I didn't know where my phone was. Uh, didn't know anything. No, and no one was talking to me. No one was giving me any information. Um, and it was keeping me pretty sedated. So then I finally woke back up again. It was that morning, the following morning, probably about 10 or 11 o'clock. And at that point, my wife Were you there. scared at that point? Um, yeah. Did you feel the, feel the fear? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but really scared. Um, and uh, I guess the sedation had kind of started to wear off. So I was, I was kind of trying to remember, you know, kind of where, where I was. And I kind of remembered having the asthma attack or what I thought was one. Um, but it wasn't until my wife got there. That I was able to kind of start getting a grip on reality again. Um, because right. she was able to kind of start giving me like third party accounts. And even her, she was, she was still trying to piece things back together because, you know, she was here in B-more. Uh, apparently when I passed out in the venue, I, I guess they were trying to get my nebulizer together and give me some water. And I just keeled over, like rocked my head on the ground real hard. Then I guess they said, you know, they flipped me over, tried to, you know, start, you know, uh, the, the, the doctor who was there was trying to do the chest compressions. And she said, literally, it was no pulse. Like my, my eyes rolled into the back of my head, turned blue. I coded right there in the, in the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so she jumps on top of me and starts doing the chest compressions for, I think, probably like a good five, six minutes until uh, the medics got there. Um, but then at that point, it was like just a, a scramble. So Michelle's trying to, yeah, she kept you know, me alive. Find out. Yeah, 
Um, so Michelle, uh, you, you know, who booked the show, she's trying to get in touch with my people, but my phone is locked. So then, like, they get my keys out of my bag. They go, like, they go and, like, you know, tear through my car, trying to find any information or, like, registrations and stuff. Um, and then it was just by the grace of God, man. I mean, a lot of things went wrong that night, but, like, like at least one more thing went right. Um, so, like, between the doctor being there, uh, Michelle had tweeted out, you know, hey, does anybody know a Jay Williams comedy family? And... Literally, you know, like comics in New York saw it, and then, you know, they got in touch with some people in D.C. who they know I knew, and then those D.C. people got in touch with some people in Baltimore, and then it finally got to somebody who at least knew who I, where I, like, where I physically lived. Yeah, so yeah. My, my homeboy arrives over here in the middle of the night, you know, bangs on the door like he's crazy. My wife, shit you know, out your there. wife. Right. Yeah, so, so she's asleep. Um, the kids are asleep. And, you know, being a comic... You know, we get in the house at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 right, o'clock in right, the morning. Right, 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 yeah. Come home late. So my wife, you know, my wife's not ex- thinking anything's wrong because it's, you know, 12 o'clock and I'm not home. Think your stupid ass lost your um, key. Right. <laughs> what, you lose your key, boy? And your phone? Yeah, yeah. You can call me? Yeah, that uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she she was none the wiser. Uh, it's anything. It, it wouldn't suspect, you know, anything was wrong. She said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not home at a certain time. Especially since she knew I was in Philly. Um, so, uh, you know, he tells her, you know, what he knows. But at that point, it was a lot of misinformation going around. So, like, people were like, you know, Wings died on stage. People said I was dead already. People were saying, you know, uh, all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Haywood said he said he heard that I slapped a woman in Philly. <laughs> like, it was just. <laughs> Jason slapped the woman and then she shot him. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was just a lot of stuff going on there. And uh Yeah, she she got the information and then uh she calls to the hospital trying to get some more information from the doctors. And it, this is a part of the story that's kind of strange to me even still where it's like when I checked out of the hospital that next day or whatever, they had, you know, they give you, you know, uh, your bag with all your belongings in it and all the papers documented, like what they take from you. So it's like, you know, blue, blue jeans, brown shirt, shoes, it'll say watch, whatever kind of watch it is, wedding ring, whatever they took off you, they put it in his bag. And they, on there, they had, they had, they had my wallet. But for whatever reason, they had me listed as unknown in the system. Um, <laughs> So when my wife calls the hospital, yeah, <laughs> my wife hey. calls the hospital. She's like, "Hey, I'm looking for my husband, Jason Wings, and we don't have anybody here by that name." And she's freaking out. Yeah, and she's like, "You know, no, no, he has to be there. Uh, you know, he's brought in an ambulance. You know, he's a comedian." Da da da. And then finally, I guess somebody gets on the phone. It's like, you know, oh, we had him. He's here. Um, Sorry to scare but, you, ma'am. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they're like, you know, at this point, it could go either way. Um, so you need to get here as quickly as possible. So uh, she calls my parents, who live about 15 minutes from me, and they drive over here in the middle of the night to sit here in case the boys wake up and get them to school and stuff the next morning. My wife jumps in her car, flies up to Philly, and. Uh, 
you know, thankfully, you know, by the grace of God, you know, when, when I woke up, or, you know, one that I did wake up, you know, she was dead. Um, so then, you know, she kind of piecing it back together. And at this point, I still didn't know that I had died. Yeah. So at this point, I'm still thinking it was a badass attack. I passed out. They took me to the hospital. So I'm sitting there. And uh, the next morning, the doctors come in and do their rounds. And <clears throat> they're talking to me. And one of the, the like, I guess, like the, the head doctor or whatever, he's like, you know, uh, yeah, you really scared us there last night. Uh, you were gone for about five minutes. So yeah, gone where? I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gone where? Did I go down to the vending machine somewhere? I go. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I'm thinking he's joking because he knows that I'm a comic. So I look over at my wife to see if she's laughing and she's not. And I kind of, kind of tilt my head to look at her like, like is he serious? And she nods her head and says yes. So I'm like, fuck. But I'm getting this information with a breathing tube in my throat and hand restraint. So I can't talk. I can't respond to it. So it's like in that moment when they tell me that I was dead for five minutes, like it's all mental. Yeah. Like I couldn't I couldn't verbalize anything. And I, I, can't, I can't even fully describe even still like how it felt like hearing that. Did you have um, the, did you have the do you think you had the moment when you were dead that saw the light go through the tunnel? That kind of shit. Or you just was sleeping and you were that was it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if, you know, like hitting my head so hard, you know, maybe if, if, if maybe if something did happen, either I pushed it into my subconscious or mm-hmm. I don't remember it or what, but yeah, I, I, I don't remember any of that stuff. Um, it was just, and I told my wife that when we were finally driving home back to Baltimore after I finally got to the house, but I was saying, you know, it's so scary because like there was nothing. And, like, if I didn't wake back up, I wouldn't even know that I'm not here to be here for y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you would, like you would just be a widow and the boys would just be, you know, fatherless. It was, like, and I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, you just um, stopped. Yeah. 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 Um. So, yeah, when they told me that, man, that shit, it literally, I think I'm still proud. Like, right now, I'm, I go to therapy now. Yeah, you still going to therapy for it? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to sort through all of it. You know, some day, I'm, from the, I guess, the the optimistic side of me, it's definitely given me a, a great perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that I've ever been a type to, you know, take things for granted or, you know, uh, you know, take life for granted, but it was one of these things where it literally, it made, Things that may have seemed like something before extremely small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for that uh, part of it. Um, but yeah, it was one of the things that it shifted everything instantly. Um, now, how do you mean? Do you think that it makes you, you? Did it make you feel more serious about things? Do you think it feels you more carefree about things? Did it make you feel? Um, regretful about um, things does it make you feel like you don't regret things bit. anymore do you right can you articulate that maybe a, maybe a little bit of all of that yeah i think on different on different days i feel yeah. a little bit of all of that i yeah um, I, i'd be willing yeah yeah i could i could see that that a little bit of everything but but i think probably if i had to lean into one of those the most i guess probably uh 
a little less carefree or a little more carefree. It's one of the things where, like, you know, in in the face of dying, everything else is pretty small. Right. So it's like, you know, if you have a bad set, it's like, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm alive. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be able to do, like, say, like, my man on a, on a, uh, what the, the not the bachelor party was the bachelor party what was the bachelor party in Vegas movies uh, uh the the little Asian kid Doctor Ken okay yeah, yeah but did you die <laughs> you know you, uh-huh. you'd be able to get to ask everybody that oh man I had a fucked up right. time yeah but did you die did you die it's that yeah yeah um so yeah I mean there's definitely a lot of good that came out of it um and I try to focus more on that than anything else. Um, but one of the things that, and this kind of is a, a, a clear, it just puts a magnifying glass on like just the healthcare system in the country where. For you it does. Literally, Not for the rest of the motherfuckers, but for you it does. Right. When I woke up in this hospital and I'm standing there, you know, looking at my wife and, you know, getting this information about dying, one of my very first thoughts wasn't. You know, other than you know, oh shit, I died. Was I gotta get the fuck out of this hospital? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the bills are Cause mounting. Because <laughs> I knew what it was going to be, um, and, and we had insurance. We had, you know, it ain't what John McCain got, right? But, but you know, it's it's, it's not some shit you got from, from that we bought from Walgreens, like a prepaid insurance card or something, right? Um, right. But, but still, like, you, you know, every every minute you stay in there, that's mm-hmm. that's money. It's like being that's in money. a casino. Every minute you ain't on this floor is the minute you ain't gambling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. So, I, and I've, I've from those other attacks, you know, in, in twenty, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, where I've been in for a little bit, I would get you know bills, you know, ten grand here, or you know, you know, fourteen for this. What you do? You just set up the payment plan each time. Set up payment plans. Uh, some of the shit I'm still paying off. Right. Um, uh, and then, you know, my oldest, my oldest twin, Liam, he has asthma too. Mm. Um, and he had an asthma attack probably, I guess, 2015. And, you know, we took him down to the doctors and, you know, he gave him a breathing treatment and said he wanted to keep him overnight just to monitor him. And uh, literally, that was all he did. He, he sat in the bed and watched TV. <laughs> did, and did you shake your fist got, at him, you little motherfucker? <laughs> you little, right, right. <laughs> you don't know shit, and, boy. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a bill for twelve grand. Yeah, for that twelve G's so, sitting in bed overnight watching TV, eating TV. pudding, <laughs> eating pudding and shit. Yeah. yeah. So, from Make you want to join the military? <laughs> From from the doctor telling me that I died, I was like, I know this shit's gonna be out of this world. <laughs> that's such a that's that is so black. <laughs> that's the first shit we think. I know this shit's gonna. Can I? Is there any way I could put this in somebody else's name? <laughs> right. Any, any way possible. <laughs> Ooh, so, my credit's about uh, to get fucked up. <laughs> I just got the shit fixed last summer. <laughs> right. Uh, Oh. That was literally one of my my very first thoughts. So then at that point, I still got this breathing tube in. And uh, so I, I asked my wife, I motioned to her to give me a pen. So the doctor's just standing there. And she gives me a piece of paper. And I start writing down, like, I want to leave. Yeah, get me uh, out of here. Doc- <laughs> so the doctors are like, you know, you know, 
we highly, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, suggest that you don't do that. You know, literally, you know, your heart stopped beating for five minutes. You know, you could, you know, go into cardiac arrest, you know, while on the highway, you know, all this type of stuff. And I'm listening to him and I'm, you know, writing down to my wife, like, you know, look, if I need to go to the hospital again, I'll check myself back in Baltimore. At least then I'll be close to my kids and my family rather than being two hours away. Um, so they keep, you know, going back and forth. So my wife, she's the type, once she knows what I want her to do, she'll go in. Mm-hmm. So she's arguing. And like, you know, my wife, okay, wife would have made me stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn the money, you staying. <laughs> There's a right. wife would have made me stay there. You know, and it's 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 crazy. My wife, she says, like in hindsight, if 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 we were in Baltimore, or if you know, mm-hmm. if the healthcare system wasn't so backwards, yeah, we do a crazy that's the bill, fucked up thing. Like, yeah, yeah. She was saying, like you know, I I would have rather she she told me I would have rather you stayed in the hospital for a right, few days. Right, um, right, right, right. That's that's but, the, uh, that's the big thing is to is to uh, keep it, but it's the healthcare system. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, then, and then your wife and your wife is back in your play, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and which is Jesus Christ, you know. So we had to sign, sign all these forms, yeah. pretty much releasing the hospital. Right. Money. If if you die, it ain't on us. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. So I did all that, and then uh, they brought me back my clothes and all that type of stuff, and I couldn't find it. it they brought me back my stuff in sections, which was weird. So they first they brought me back my jewelry. And then they brought me back. My, then they brought me back. You need my that jeans. first. <laughs> you need that first. Where are my drawers at? Where are my drawers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then after I put everything on, I still didn't have a shirt. I'm like, where the fuck is my shirt at? So apparently, they, they must have cut it off me on the scene. Um, so I guess when the medics finally got there, and I'm coding in the place, they just literally took some scissors and snipped my shit off. Um, so uh, I went home like. Like chest naked under a windbreaker, <laughs> <laughs> just driving down ninety five. Cause that's that's good for asthma, <laughs> right? A chest cold, <laughs> a chest cold. <laughs> Y'all couldn't give me a shirt <laughs> to wear. I'm right. Y'all ain't got no shirts here. Y'all ain't got no, ain't no sweatshirt. Uh-huh. Ain't no hospital sweatshirt. Nothing. That, say Saint yeah. Elsewhere on or some shit like that. Y'all ain't yeah. got none. That's a mash. No mash shirt. Right. No nothing. <laughs> Not, none. They probably charge you for that too. They, oh, they're going definitely charge you for that. Sure, we'll give you one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, got back to the crib, and uh, yeah, for the rest of May, it was just literally I was just laying low. So I wasn't doing shows, I wasn't on social media. It was just, you know, take my kids to daycare, come on back in the house. You know, yeah. go to a doctor's appointment, go, come on back in the house. Um. You know, had like you know, crazy amount of you know, text messages and phone calls. Yeah, I sent you. I sent you one. You right. Go, you go back to me. Did you feel? Did you feel physically just weak, or was it just in your mind, like? Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So that first or couple a combination of, weeks, of the it, two. It, it was a mixture of both. Like I had a couple of uh, broken ribs and like really, you know, uh, fractured things from from the chest compressions. Yeah. Um. So like you know, breathing was still kind of shallow. Like sharp breaths and we you know hurt like a hell um then uh you know they had me on so much medicine um so a lot of times i was like groggy um so yeah the first couple of weeks it was a good mixture 
probably like start of June. I started feeling a little bit more like myself. Um, but even then, it was the the daily stress of going to the mailbox. And that was stressful. Like, I noticed getting up and getting yeah, like, like I know this bill is coming. I know it's coming. Oh, that stress, the mental, right? The mental stress. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be walking, and every day I would look in, and I'd be like, "Whoa, shit! It's just been bad for me on today. It's just yeah. whatever." And then finally it came, and I'm like, "Okay." So I literally I walked into the kitchen, I got a drink, I sat down. I sipped a little something brown and I cracked liquor, the envelope. Brown liquor. Yeah. <laughs> and I cracked it just enough so I could see the first number in 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 the in the in the price. And I saw a six. I'm like, fuck. Um so then I closed it, I took another drink. I probably didn't take out the envelope for about five minutes. And I pulled <laughs> it out and it was like it was like, <laughs> it was like sixty one grand yeah. and three hundred and some change. And I literally started laughing. Yeah. Um, that's all you can do at that just, point. <laughs> you might you as well right. be a million. <laughs> right, yeah. It's going be a million. So I started laughing. I put it on the counter. And I just went on about my day. You know, I went and got the kids from school, came home, made dinner. I probably didn't even look at it for like another week or two. Because um, it was just, like you said, it was just one of those things that was just like, you got to be fucking like you. They ain't never getting their money. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you ain't getting all this. <laughs> you'll, right. get, you'll get a piece of it, but you're going to get all of it. Of it. Yeah. You're going to get all of it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's been it, man. So I still haven't probably, let me see, since the time that the incident happened, I've only performed, let's see, in shit, May 3rd, June 3rd. It's probably, I, guess, I guess it's been three months now. I've probably performed maybe four times yeah since yeah. the incident um yeah have you yeah, even approached them about trying to set up a payment plan yet because i can't even yet. imagine what that is would you go pay 50 50 dollars for the rest of your <laughs> natural life for the next yeah. year right for the rest of your natural life you're gonna pay 50 bucks a month and then your children right. are gonna take over <laughs> for, the <rest> of, <laughs> for the rest of their lives and then the they can work there, yeah. they can work it out between the three of them <laughs> uh-huh. jesus <laughs> fucking healthcare, man absolutely man god so, uh, and then and then okay so who's paying for your for your mental health now so that's through insurance. Okay. Um, well, that's something. My wife's insurance. I mean, it's, it's, it's I still got a copay. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing ridiculous. That's $20. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Um. So, uh, yeah, but the whole thing, man, it's just been, just been crazy. So, you know, thankfully, you know, some folks in the comedy, comedy community, you know, came to me with the idea like, hey, you know, we know this is probably crazy expensive. Yeah. You know, let's, put together you know a benefit yeah. show well they came they and came they to like, me and they were like you gonna you gonna be on it i was like yeah I'm a, of course i'm gonna be on it <laughs> that's, not uh-huh. even, that's not even a question uh did you anybody set up the gofundme page yet that's the big that's the new thing now anybody set that up yet? yeah so the, yeah so the gofundme's out there um and doing pretty actually it, it it got a pretty good spike today good uh when it, when, it, when it first started it was a little bit of a law but uh they did a washington post story on me um, they right. dropped today, right. and that kind of got some some visibility. Right. Um. So yeah, we got a a decent amount of donations today. Uh, it ain't sixty one grand, but yeah. it's, it's a lot more than I had. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. before. So I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it, no, the it, three it's guys, all great. The three guys on family are shaping or something. That that much I do know. We got yeah, you know, good listeners like that. Uh, good good people supporting this podcast. Also, I mean, they drop a Washington Post uh, article on you, and it's not like Trump did anything crazy today. Which, of right. course he did, so <laughs> anything you put in a pose, you're like, well, we're going up against this fuck boy. So, I mean, what we, right. <laughs> speaking of healthcare, they're trying to take the shit away, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, Jesus Christ, you're, you are a perfect example of why uh, universal healthcare for everyone is needed. You are, oh, the, you are the perfect example of this. This, you, this shouldn't, this shouldn't damn near bankrupt you. You know what I mean, right? It just right. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't endanger your children with a with a financial debt? Also, absolutely. You, know, you you now that that damages your position of passing wealth on to your children mm-hmm. behind illness. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Not doing anything you even yeah. did wrong. Or, right or anything like when they always say oh, pre-existing conditions and well if you would just live good i heard a senator actually say that bullshit if you would just live if people just live good then they wouldn't get sick that ain't got shit to do with you yeah <laughs> you just got something right you know what i mean that's just fucking foul man <laughs> fucking foul oh, yeah. but at least you're here man that's that's the thing are, do you feel are you worried about it happening again i am yeah. um it's because it's one of these things where, uh, like there were no, there were no signs. Right, so like right. it wasn't like I was. I, Sounds I wasn't like there's never any signs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It comes on so quick. Um, you know, I wasn't sick. You know, I didn't have a chest cold. I wasn't, you know, wasn't allergies. It wasn't anything. It was, you know, literally like the way I described that trip up to Philly. It was, you know, stress free. Yeah. You know, I go in. The one thing that I I did notice, which I told my doctors, you know, once we kind of started having appointments, you know, for follow ups, they were like, you know, what is there anything you can pinpoint that that happened that night? The only thing that I can think of was that I drank some red wine. Um, Maybe. You know, which I drink, you know, wine occasionally, um, but you know, they just I had to go through like to an allergist and have all these tests done. And one of the things that I'm extremely allergic to is red birch trees. Mm-hmm. Which which apparently is what a lot of wine barrels are made out of. Okay. Um. So they were saying there could be a connection there. Wine's saying, out. You know, sir. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wine's out. Yeah. That's it. They were saying like wine has sulfites in it and right, yeah. uh, and histamines. You know, right. so basically like the, the the opposite of Benadryl. Right. Yeah. Um. So. I'm I'm sure I'm 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 thinking that's what you know played a a key into it. And I drink wine at home with my wife, but it typically whatever I drank that night, it was like some serious damn wine. It was like some oh, goddamn some Philly shit wine. That, goddamn you, Philly you wine. You got to drink. You got to drink it in a, like a smoking jacket. Yeah, or goddamn Philly um, wine. <laughs> yeah. The stuff you that I drink man, at home. Why like, don't you just drink a cognac and Hennessy like the rest of us black folks? <laughs> Like a regular quit, Negro. Quit being, quit being all beige and bougie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Chase some goddamn Hennessy. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm thinking that's what it was. Uh, um, But yeah, it definitely has me 
you know, on high alert. So like now I, I wear a medical alert bracelet. So, you know, in case it does happen again and nobody can get into my phone or whatever, you know, all my information's right there. Right. Uh, you know, that the night that the attack happened, I had my nebulizer with me, but it was in the car. Right, right. So keeping it in your bag. You know, now now I take literally I take it in the venue with me. Right. Um right. and if it's like it's a book or whatever, I'll tell them, Hey, I got this medication in here just in case your shit go left. Yeah. Um and like it's it's starting to become like a part of my rider. So it's like, you know, hey, have some some spring water in the green room and uh, an outlet for me to plug this shit up. Yeah, and no um, red wine. No red wine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No red wine. Um but yeah, it definitely, uh, and for it to happen on stage, for it to start on, like, the stage is like my safe space. Right. Um, and that's typically where, you know, I, I go to, you know, forget about bills and stress and problems with the kids or anything. So, like, for it to happen there, it felt almost like, uh, it felt like an invasion of, like, something sacred. Like, almost like when somebody, like, breaks into your house and, like, you, you got that feeling like somebody was in here. Yeah. Um, if 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 it felt and still feels like that, um, even the handful of times I've been on stage, you know, since you know after the attack, uh, you know, it still feels a little uh, feels a little different. Um, but I'm not. It, it, I know it'll even out with time. Does it feel like right it's already now, starting to kind of even up for you? I mean, you haven't been up a lot. And yeah. has the urge um, been has the urge been there to go? Because I mean, you figure if you want to get up a lot, you got to come into DC. That's a good hour's drive for you. You feel like you right? You ready to right. start doing that? Driving back and forth for an hour, driving for an hour. Cause you used to do it all the time. Um, you would do it on a yeah, Tuesday yeah. night just to just to get up. Yeah, the first couple of years I was doing stand up. I was in DC pretty much, you know, six seven nights a week. I remember just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna start getting back out. Uh, what does your wife want probably. you to do? Does she not want you to? Um, she's okay with it. She just wants me to be smart about it. You know. Right. Uh, Thing is that you like never going, know because it's a it just it you, just comes. You, you never know, right? Um, so another thing that I'm trying to do now is like if I'm doing a show where I know some other comics that are going to be there, I'll try to give people a heads up or let my wife know. Hey, Randolph's on the show. Hey, Tim's on the show too. Yeah. Just in case, like there's somebody she can hit and say, "Is Jason okay?" or whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's kind of some. So I'm starting to kind of like build all these new things into my routine, just to kind of act as a safeguard. Yeah. Have you um, thought about the? Have you thought about the? Uh, I'm driving in between. I don't know New York and. New York and Baltimore, Baltimore and DC. What do I? What happens yeah. if I get it, if I get hit while I'm driving? And that that's one of them things where it's like you kind of kind of give it to God. Yeah. Um, because it gets to a point where you just kind of there's so many scenarios. I know. So that's, many different so many different ways. So scary um, that you gotta you gotta try to map and play and play chess with a. Mm-hmm. You gotta play chess with a with an illness and the illness ain't got no rules <laughs> yeah. right he gonna do what he wanna do yeah. right right um and it was one of these things where like the first time I got back on stage after the attack was uh I had to go to Miami and perform for the American Black Film Festival mm-hmm. and I went down and I was literally scared to death mm-hmm. so 
I'm sitting in the airport, and one, I hadn't been on stage in a month and a half. Um, it's a pretty, you know, you know, high stakes thing. You know, it's people, you know, a bunch of HBO people there, and you know, a bunch of, you know, you know, directors and TV people, and you know, it's one of them places where you want to have a good set. Um, and uh, I'm sitting in this airport, and I'm about to board this plane, and you know, haven't been on stage. And I haven't traveled. This is the first time I've really traveled since Philly. And even Philly, I had driven up there. This is the first time being like on a plane. So mm-hmm. then the fear of what if this shit happens in the air? Yeah, what if it happens um, in the air, yeah. And all that type of stuff. So I was literally thinking about, you know, canceling the trip and uh, all this type of stuff. And I'm sitting at the gate and I'm, you know, then I'm trying to get to the point where it's like, you know, I'm also not trying to put myself into attacks out of like stress. Right, and, right, right, right. So it's all, so these, worried all these about things it. you got to fight with now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to be kind of, you know, you know, cognizant of that. Like, you know, okay, is this an attack that's, you know, happening to me or is this something that I'm bringing on myself? Mm-hmm. Um, but this time during the day now, like early today, I felt like some shortness of breath and I kind of stopped and I kind of thought about, you know, I could realize that I was stressed about I was thinking about like some something with the kids or like some some money issues or whatever. And I can tell, okay, no, this isn't really asthma per se. This is more so like just shortness of breath because you're not, you know, you, you stressed about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's all these different little pockets and and stuff. Uh, so I mean, I'm trying to be like more in tune with my body and you know, uh, trying to just kind of, you know, just, just trust yourself more. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's changed stuff um, in in so many different regards. Right, um, right, right. Do you, uh, do you find yourself trying to look for the positives or do you find yourself dwelling in the negatives? It's kind of a day by day thing. I think now I'm a little bit outside of it, you know, about three months out now. Um, it's actually, yeah, it was wild. It'll be three months tomorrow to the day that I died. Yes, August 3rd. Um, yeah, now I think it's, 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 the scale starting to tip a little more towards the positive. Mm you know, you, you know, you get these, you know, messages of encouragement, you know, like the ones that you, you, know, you sent me and mm-hmm. you get these voicemails and, you know, you're, you know, you're kind of underground for a month and then you finally start looking at your Facebook again and you got like, you know, like hundreds of messages and comments of people who are like, you know, like sending you good energy. And then like, you know, now this whole fundraiser thing's happening and, you know, people you don't know who the hell it is. You know, you know, dropping you a hundred bucks here, you know, two hundred here, fifty here. Um, so I mean, it gives you just like you know, it gives you some hope. It gives you something to, uh, you know, kind of just smile about and make you feel like you know you're right. not fighting this whole fighting this whole thing by yourself. By yourself, yeah. Um, so it, it makes the sixty-one a little less daunting. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, as well as this monster you're gonna have to fight. Right, for, right, probably right. for the rest of your days. I mean, this is how it goes. You're gonna be in a battle. Yeah. 
So yeah, right now I'm at a point where I'm I'm trying to, you know, you know, so so many of these medications, like the 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 the, the benefits don't really match the side effects. I mean, the side effects are so far worse than what it's going to help you with. Right. So a lot of the asthma medication that they have me on now, I've done like just kind of just individual research and it's so crazy. Like you read these side effects. Like one of the side effects is like, you know, uh, shortness of breath. Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. 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 A- anaphylactic shock. I'm like, what the fuck am I taking this stuff for? Yeah. The stuff so, is supposed to be curing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> side effects might be shortness of breath. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah so I've been you, taking a lot. Your sight might go out in one eye. What? Right, right. <laughs> now I'm blind and can't breathe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of more, like, like kind of, like, leaning towards, like, holistic stuff where... Uh, I would suggest like, you try every every angle. You can't. Yeah. I would go... I would look into, into Eastern medications. I would look into Asian medications. I would look into... Mm-hmm. Any I'm taking some Chinese angle. herbs now. Yeah, any and every yeah. angle you possibly can. Can't hurt. Can't hurt, right. <laughs> Besides, you've already and died. Then, what What the fuck? There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but have you died? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the hangover, that's the shit. The, the, the Asian kept uh-huh. the hangover. But did you die? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Would have to, you'd have to, you're going to have to look into everything, you know? Right. Um. Before you end up adding so, uh, on to that sixty-one thousand, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, that's kind of where things stand, you know, as of right now. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. Excited. I'm excited for the show on uh, on Wednesday. I'm excited. Uh, next I'm Wednesday. Excited too. Listen, people. That show is Wednesday night at the DC Draft House. And uh, in DC, you go to drafthousecomedy.com and you can look up the look it up on the website. Uh, do you know the start time? I don't even know the start time. Is it eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. That's a weird time. Eight forty-five. That's a weird time. That's a weird time. Right. <laughs> it's a eight forty-five kickoff. Some of the best comics in the area, and uh, I say that with uh, no false modesty at all. Some of the best comics in the area uh, are going to be on the show. Myself, Andy. Uh, Rob Mayer, Rami Mostafavi, uh, a lot of us are coming out. Mainly, all we're just coming for you. We, you know, <laughs> we don't give Appreciate a shit. That, that's mm-hmm. only re- that's dead, dead, dead ass. That's the reason why we come. I don't think everybody I knew was as soon as we found out. We're like, yeah, I'm in. So everybody, everybody's coming. You know, are you doing yeah, time so at I'm the gonna, end of it? You doing time, right? I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna do the time at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So, Hopefully, it doesn't yeah, turn into fun. the roast of Jason Williams. I got a feeling it might start. It might go down that road. I've seen this happen you know before. I know. I've seen this happen before. <laughs> I got. A, I got that feeling. Right. <laughs> so it may just become the roast of Jason Williams. Anyway, we're gonna uh-huh. have a good time. So it don't matter. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, we're gonna have a good yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, and it's no, no, it's no cover at the door. It's just uh, suggested donations. It's donations. And, uh, yeah. So don't be cheap. Um, <laughs> right. You didn't die. <laughs> Don't be cheap. Right. I'm gonna give him the pass the hat while we're doing this show. You think I'm bullshitting? <laughs> we're gonna have church offerings up in there. We're gonna pass plates, three, four offerings. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it's gonna be a wall to wall laughs, not a weak spot in the lineup. Yeah. And uh so I mean people will get their money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm so glad that um I'm just glad you're still here, man. And, Likewise, uh, brother. Thank you, man, for coming on here and sharing your story with us. 
And uh, oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Thank you yeah, so much, anytime, brother. Anytime, man. Like you never need anything. You know where to come. You got. All you got to just reach out. I'm right here. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Be easy. Okay, man. I'll see you in a few yes, days. Sir. I'll see you in a few days. And thanks again for sharing the story with me. I really, really appreciate you. And we're going to have a stone groove, man. We're going to have a stone a- groove. Absolutely, man. All right, brother. I'll see you on Wednesday, brother. I will see you. You take care now. Okay. Peace. You as well.